the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to What's the Score? A series solely dedicated to the support of Central Florida small business and entrepreneurs. Donated as a community service by Salem Media Group. And now, here's Christopher Hart and Lucy Polito. Hello again and welcome to What's the Score? The show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business. And that's right, put it into perfect execution. And we have a winning combination for you today, as always, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, coming to us all the way from Bogota, Colombia, is Lucy Polito, one of the only two award-winning SCORE volunteers. How are you doing, Lucy? I am terrific. I am in good shape. I am south of the border, as they call it. I'm really, really south, South America. Great place to be right now. All right. Well, we're going to talk about that some more in just a moment. I am Christopher Hart of the American Adversaries Radio Show. And, of course, usually Rich Jekyll, the other award-winning SCORE volunteer, would be with us. But he is now the late, great Rich Jekyll. In the meantime, though, SCORE still goes on. And it's always been there for you, ladies and gentlemen, almost 60 years now since its inception. They've been there through thick and thin, just like last year and the year before. Right, Lucy? That's right. We are nonstop. We uh, continue. Even pandemics can't stop score. We're here <laughs> all the time. They couldn't stop you either. And uh, but this yeah. is this is your first trip on. This is your first time on the road in a serious way, in, in a couple of years, yes, right? So uh, it is the first time in three years. Uh, so that I'm practicing now and see if it works really well, so I can continue with my uh, voyages as I've always used to do. Now, isn't it winter down so there? So far, so good. Isn't it, it's winter down there, isn't it? It is It is winter, yes. But t- today, we're having a beautiful day. It's 70 degrees. It's sunny. So far, so good. But remember that winter here means lots of rain. And uh, so I guess we're having winter in Orlando, too, because we're getting a lot of rain over there, aren't we? <laughs> Pretty good bit about oh. rain, but don't feel much like winter. Uh and so, what, real quick, what's business like down there? What does it look like since you've been down there before? How much has it changed, if at all? Well, you know, it's, uh, I guess, like the many places in the world, a lot of, I went to a shopping center, um, and there were an awful lot of shops that were closed, a lot of vacancies. Uh, but things are beginning to come back. Uh, but it's, it's sad, actually, to see some of these big shopping areas where there's a lot of vacancies. So people have been hurt as a result of that. And they're being hurt right now uh, with uh, inflation, like the rest of the world, I guess, or at least certainly the rest of the North and South America. Uh, so inflation is a big hit. We haven't here, they haven't been hurt yet with uh, prices of gas, but you know, that could happen anytime in the future, who knows? But the one, the, that's the good thing. Gas prices are still the same as they've been in the past. But the cost of goods uh, has increased quite a bit. Okay. All right. So that's as, as, as we expected. Uh, but in the meantime... Uh, the other, go ahead. I was going to say, the other thing that's affected it is 
there was a, a, a presidential uh, uh, election and the dollar, the cost of the dollar has really skyrocketed. So the exchange rate for me is favorable, but for the people that are stay going to travel or something, that's not too good. I see. So, I see. Okay. Yeah. All right. And well, in the meantime, even though Lucy is down there, there are people at the SCORE offices at the National Entrepreneur Center open now 10 to 4 Monday through Thursday, 10 to 1 on Friday. And if you would like to uh, visit and perhaps speak with a counselor at the offices, you can call ahead and make an appointment at 407-420-4844. For score, it's 407-420-4844. And you can maybe have your answer, your question answered over the telephone if it's simple enough. If not, they can certainly set up an appointment with a score volunteer appropriate for whatever type of business uh, enterprise that you happen to be in. And if you would like to visit them online and sign up for an excellent newsletter, you can do all that at orlando.score.org, orlando.score.org. And they've always got things going on, like Coffee with the Leaders presentations, which are twice a month. You also have webinars going on all the time. All of those things uh, you can uh, access at orlando.score.org. You can participate in them live or you'll find them in an ever-building archive there, just like the ever-building archive of this radio show. All of that at orlando.score.org. And once again, the Facebook page, if you'd like to leave a message, is Score Orlando on Facebook. And thank you, folks, who have done just that. So all of this happening, and the as I said, Lucy's down there, but obviously she's still in the ball game here. So, right? That's, that's, I am. I am faithful to score. I'm happy to be here. That's what and, I call. Uh, happy to know that's what's what I, happening in Orlando. That's what I call dedication, though. But it is fascinating to find out how things are going on in a in a faraway land, so to speak. So, uh, uh, anyway, let's bring our guest into this conversation uh, because he's an expert on business because uh, he's in the franchising business. He is a franchise consultant, actually. He's been on the show with us before. He's back again. Tim Lofton. How are you doing, Tim? How you been? Uh, Chris, I'm doing great. Uh, right here in Longwood, Florida. Uh, we got a lot of rain last night, so it's not cold like uh, Bogota, but... Uh, Hey, we'll make make it through the summer. We'll have some cool weather in a few months. Yeah, we'll trade off. So, uh, exactly. In the, in, in the meantime, uh, we've gotten a lot of new listeners since you were on the show with us before. So you kind of know the routine. Let's sort of start from scratch. If you'll tell everybody once again about you know where you're from, uh, where you went to school, you know what you did to get to where you are now as a franchise consultant, please. Oh, yeah, sure, Chris. I'll be glad to share that information. I grew up in a, <clears throat> just outside Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, went to school uh, uh, for some period of time at Georgia Tech and then finished up my degrees in marketing and management with a minor in economics at the University of West Georgia in Carrollton, Georgia. And uh, I started off uh, in the uh, retail business, worked for uh, Kmart for a few years, and then I changed to the insurance industry and worked for over 30 years in property and casualty insurance. But as I was getting older, you know, I worked with a lot of insurance agents who have small businesses, and I used to teach uh, agency management class, and I I like the idea of of, uh, having a small business and helping people 
And I, I do that some. I coach uh, small business owners. And I work with people. I wanted to work with people in regards to starting new businesses. So that's why I got involved in in the franchise area back back around 20, uh, 2012. So I've been working in franchising in a number of years and have assisted a lot of individuals, couples, um, and investors open new biz- new franchise businesses across the state of Florida. And when... <clears throat> I'm sorry, when did you say you came to Florida? Oh, well, I moved to Florida in 1992, uh, so I've I've been here over 30-something years. My grandkids are all born here in Florida, so they're native Floridians now. And uh, just to to, uh, highlight, I I own a a small business, National Franchise Consulting. I actually work with people not only in Florida but across the U.S., and internationally, you know, we, we have people that want to move to America and opening a new business is a great way to invest in the USA and to get a uh, either an EB-5, an L-2 or an E-2 uh, visa to come to the USA. So we do have many people uh, that move to the U.S. and open a franchise business. Wow. And uh, what's the website that people can check out while we're discussing things? Yes, www.national franchiseconsulting.com pretty easy there just spell spell it all out national franchise national franchiseconsulting.com all right there you go ladies and gentlemen uh you can go ahead and if you're not listening on your computer you can go ahead and check it out if you have a computer available obviously or you can do that later on nationalfranchiseconsulting.com and so what actually what brought you to while we we're on the subject what brought you to Florida? Well, I was uh with uh, an insurance company that uh moved me to uh the Florida area to run the insurance operations in the state of Florida. So that was back in 92. Right. And uh since retired from that company, did a couple of other things in the insurance industry before I started National Franchise Consulting. So I've been here about 30 years now. Wow. And I guess he's he's been working with SCORE for, for quite a while, too, because if I remember, there was uh, you guys were connected uh, in, in a way. Is that right, Lucy? Yeah, we, uh, we always, uh, obviously, there are a few uh, people that come by, and sometimes they're looking for a franchise, um, franchise information. So those folks are always referred to uh, him. And, uh, you know, um, on the other hand, they also, he also refers customers to us. Uh, some people may not be ready to start a franchise, and they may just st- want to start a smaller business or something like that. You know, because a franchise, you have to have some money to really get it going. So uh, I, it works both ways. And uh, Tim has been working with Score with us certainly that I can remember. I've been with Score a long time, and I can remember Tim working with us at least ten years. So yes. and I, I don't know Tim. And, and that's... you say that's how long? Yes, uh, 10 years. Uh, about 10 years yeah. ago, I started. I'm a big supporter of SCORE because they really yeah. do a great job working with people that are either business owners or want to get into business. And you help people with various things like business plans, uh, financing. So SCORE Orlando is an excellent operation, and they can help someone that has uh, uh, they're thinking about uh, starting their own business. 
And that's, once again, the advantage of working with an organization like SCORE. They're located in the National Entrepreneur Center, where there's about 15 other organizations that they network with, and obviously uh, with great uh, people in the community like Tim. So SCORE's the place to start if you don't know anywhere else to start, and it's always the place to go to when you're in the beginning stages. All right, so when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. We'll talk a little bit more about exactly what franchising looks like these days, how it might have changed over the last couple of years, and what you need to do if you're going to get into a franchise to do it right so you don't get burnt. All right, so all of this with Tim Lofton. Once again, his website, nationalfranchiseconsulting.com. Write it all out, nationalfranchiseconsulting.com. So don't go away because we will be right back with more of What's the Score. Welcome back to What's the Score, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination. Lucy Polito and myself, Christopher Hart, today our guest is Tim Lofton, national franchise consultant he is, and nationalfranchiseconsulting.com is his website. And Tim, excuse me, let's start with some of the basics about what, what, what what's the main differences between franchising or just going it alone. Well, when you go it alone, you have to come up with an idea, a widget, a process, a a business type of operation. It could be selling something, baking cookies. So you come up with the idea and you have to design the entire system, processes, workflows, come up with financing. If you go with a franchise, you're going with a proven concept. So you don't have to come up with an idea. You take someone else's idea that has been successful and you implement that, put that in a location where you open your own, for example, McDonald's. McDonald's started with just this one store and they grew and then they went into franchising so they could, could expand. And you, you see how big McDonald's is today. But if you buy a McDonald's franchise, you're buying a proven process, an operation you just put it in your location, and you run it just like they did. Well, as a matter of fact, they train their franchisees. I think they used to call it Hamburger U or something like that. And up there, was it Oak Park or Oak Brook, uh, Illinois, wasn't it? Yep, that's it. And that's a that's a, a great thing. Franchises, franchise operations, they usually provide training not only to the owner, in the beginning, but also to their employees as the, as the business is open and operated. Yeah, because it, it all is standardized. It needs all needs to be done a certain way, and it can't be done differently at the different restaurants because obviously you would have different products. So this 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 all started back like in the did it start like back in the late fifties, six early sixties, and that when franchising really sort of came into its own. It started growing during that time. You're exactly right. And it, it started with uh, food food places. But, you know, uh, Chris, it's amazing. When you drive down a road and see all these businesses on the sides of the road, a lot of them are franchise operations, whether it's a national operation, a regional, or a, even a state franchiser. So most of those businesses or a lot of those businesses are franchises uh, owned by individual unit owners. So, 
the ideal thing about a franchise is you're not in business by your, you're in business for yourself, but you're not by yourself because the franchise or is going to provide support, training, operations manual, and help you run and be successful in that business. That's the attractiveness of franchising. And you can also take it internationally, right, Lucy? I imagine there's a McDonald's probably not too far from where you are in Bogota right now. Oh, yeah. There's McDonald's and Starbucks and uh, Subways and you name it, they've got it. I mean, no question about that. They're everywhere. So, uh, you know, franchise really is a good idea um, because one of the things is you have the support of the headquarters, if you will. And that's always very, very helpful. They do, you know, as Chip says, they do help you with the training. Uh, and someone is there to kind of guide you through the whole process. So it's a wonderful, if you have the money and you have a desire to start a particular type of business, if there's a franchise going on, that's not a bad way to start at all. And but that's that's the the flip side is, you know, you, you're going to pay for this. In other words, they are going to want you to put up a stake, uh, you know, have a stake in this. Yeah. Tim? Nothing is yeah, free in this world. But, but when you think about it, the, uh, I'll let Tim give you all the details because obviously he knows a lot more than I do, but they do provide a tremendous amount of help, and that is very important when you're starting a business. That Chris, you, you and Lucy are both right. There are uh, costs to becoming a franchise owner. Usually a franchise agreement is going to be about 10 years, but at the start of the franchise agreement, when you first open the business, there's usually a franchise fee. It can range from anything from a few thousand dollars to, you know, fifty thousand uh, dollars. If you wanted to open a McDonald's, it's going to be an expensive franchise fee. But then during the while you're operating your business, there may be royalties that you pay to the franchiser, and that's to offset the expenses they have which is training you, helping you with site selection, maybe training employees, providing ongoing assistance, marketing. So there could be a marketing fee as well. Uh, But in the long run, most of that's good because you don't have to create the system. You don't have to create a marketing program. You don't have to go out and prospect for equipment. They, they have all that planned for you. So the support and the training and the assistance they provide usually is well offset by that franchise fee you pay and the royalties that you pay. Once again, we're speaking with Tim Lofton. Nationalfranchiseconsulting.com is the website, nationalfranchiseconsulting.com. And the, if I there used to be, I, I guess this was a prior, you know, pre-COVID, um, but there used to be these, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, franchise conventions where I guess uh, once or twice a year there would be, say, at the convention center, uh, you'd go down there and there'd be a number, of, there'd be lots of different franchise opportunities. Um, right. Do they still do that? And was that ever a good way to look for a franchise? That That's an option. And they still do have those national conventions, IFA, is a huge international franchise association is a huge franchise uh, group. They have a, a national meeting, uh, but there are uh, even at the Orlando convention center, there'll be franchise uh, 
uh, shows that go on and usually for an entrance price, you can go in and see a number of different types of franchises. Um, and there are franchise uh, shows all over the U S. So I, I would look for that uh, during COVID. We didn't see as much as that. And some of them were virtual. Uh, but I think you're going to see more of those as, uh, as COVID maybe wanes and becomes more endemic versus a pandemic. And we get back to, Hopefully we one day get back to full business uh, operations like we did in 2019. Do, do most people, when they come to you, do they, they know, I say, I want a, a franchise in, in this type of business, uh, say it's a restaurant or a retail outlet or something, or are they just looking for a business and you try to help them find one that suits their personalities more or less? Well, sometimes people have, uh, limited amount of information, but they have an idea. <clears throat> I spoke with a lady yesterday who wanted to open a Chick-fil-A. Well, it's very difficult. Those are owner-operated units. You have to be approved by the national organization. It's very difficult to get as into Chick-fil-A as an owner-operator. Uh, but she also was open to other ideas, other food ideas. And I have coffee shops, donut shops, yeah just about full service restaurants, anything you could quick service restaurants. Uh, but what I do is I have a process. Most of the folks I work with, they really don't know what they want to do. They just, they know they want to open a business. And if you ask your friends, Hey, have you ever thought about opening a business? Most people would say, yes, I've thought about opening a business, but I don't know what to open. Well, that's where I come in as I help people in a variety of ways. First thing is I help them try to understand if they are, if a business is right for them, a lot of people, they really should not open a business because it's not going to fit their goals, their desires, uh, maybe their skill set. but they may be very successful in corporate America or working for someone else. So I help them to have a heart to heart is business ownership, right for you. That's the first step. And then if they, feel like, hey, yeah, I, I, I want to open a business or even multiple businesses, multiple locations, then my role is to match them to ideal businesses where they can be successful. And do I stay with them during the entire due diligence process so that they can make an informed decision. I want someone to make a, the right decision about going into business and about finding the right business for them. Uh, I don't want someone to open a business where they're not going to be successful. So uh, that's my goal is to help them. We have a six-step process that we go through with our clients so they can get to a point where they can make that informed decision is what's the right business for me and should I open that business? Can people be, get the sort of the basics of all this and – uh, at your website, in other words, uh, is is this sort of spelled out there? Well, it, it, the website will give them some ideas about what type of industries franchising is in. You know, franchising is in over 90 industries in the U.S. Uh, and what's the impact of uh, franchising on the uh, U.S. and the economy? Well, at one time there were like uh, seven, 800,000 franchise businesses in the U.S. Of course, that's changed with COVID. We all know that Lucy and I were talking about this earlier, that over 36, 30 to 40 percent of small businesses failed during COVID. 
We are very lucky in the U.S., though, that the federal government provided PPP loans or PPP grants to help businesses keep their employees. And and we found out during, uh, and we're going to probably talk about COVID here in a minute, uh, to go back to the due diligence process, I'm, I match my clients to three or four of the ideal businesses that they should consider. And it, it'll be different for different people. For example, uh, I worked with a gentleman who had come out of corporate America. He was a senior vice president. He didn't want to move and he had been downsized. He ended up opening multiple units of a car care center. He is a great area manager. Okay. So we identified that he was a person that should have multiple units. Okay. And, and a car care center worked for him. All right. We'll talk about that more when we do come back. Once again, with Tim Lofton, nationalfranchiseconsulting.com is the website. And please stay with us because we'll be right back with more of What's the Score. We're back. We are What's the Score. Thanks again for tuning in and telling your friends and family. We really do appreciate that. Got Lucy Polito coming to us all the way from Bogota, Colombia. You got big plans tonight down there, Lucy? Going to hit the town? Uh, I don't think so. Not today. No. Okay. It's working day for everybody, so nobody wants to party. I'll have to wait for the weekend. Okay. All right. You ready to go, though? All right. I am Christopher Hart, and our guest today, Tim Lofton. And he is a franchise consultant, and you can go to nationalfranchiseconsulting.com to find out more information and begin the process if you would like to get into franchising. And, you know, um, you, you said as we were going into the break there, you were talking about how, once again, you can help match people up to the, the right kind of franchise if they are a franchise-type individual. And you said there were 90 90 industries that are now have franchises. Now, Correct. you know, I could probably name off maybe a dozen, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, health care centers, restaurants, um, convenience stores. Uh, just just give me some of maybe the ones that you wouldn't expect to be franchised. Oh, okay. Auto care, retail, uh, quick service restaurants, full service restaurants, spas, Massage studios, salons, hair care, estheticians, educational franchises, many different types of business-to-business services, fitness, fitness repair center. Oh, there's just a lot of different uh, industries, as we as we mentioned there, and in places I don't even know their franchises. Uh, so if there's a business and it is successful and it can be replicated, it can be franchised. What did it mean if you were in a franchise? Well, go ahead. Go. I'm sorry, Lucy. Yeah, go ahead, please. No, I forgot to raise my hand, but I, I wonder, I, how about gas stations? Are they part of a franchise? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, 7-Elevens have franchises with and without fuel operations. So, yes, there, there are many uh, uh, gas stations, record services, taxi services, so transportation, there's, and it may not be a franchise. It could be an owner-operator. It uh, could be a licensing agreement. So they're different. And I do work with companies that have licensing agreements where you pay no franchise fee. For example, I have a great coffee uh, cafe company that I'm working with a score client on. 
Uh, and uh, she may open a coffee cafe that is under a licensing agreement. You don't pay a franchise fee. You don't pay any royalties. You get to brand it the way you want it. You get to design your own menu. So sometimes there are business opportunities where you have a lot more flexibility than with a traditional franchise. Okay. Uh, how was how was the franchising industry or franchisees affected uh, over the last couple of years with all the shutdowns and all that? Uh, were they in a better position, for instance, to weather the storm? I think they were just uh, similar to mom and pops. Uh, of course, you get more support from the national franchiser, but small businesses uh, had difficult times during COVID. Uh, the ones that really, there were some that really did well, especially where they were able to adjust their business models. Lucy and I were talking about this earlier. <clears throat> uh, if you were able, for example, if you were a restaurant, you could develop a curb service or a drive-through or home delivery. Um, many restaurants found that they could operate with fewer employees and do tremendous amounts of revenue. Uh, and then think about the new industries, the new type of businesses that came about. We didn't really have ship. We didn't have Grubhub and uh, Uber Eats was not very well known before COVID. So some businesses have done extremely well during COVID. Uh, so and as Lucy and I were discussing, a lot of uh, brick and mortar operations may have found that they didn't have the revenue to support their overhead. Uh, and that's that's a problem during tough times. Lucy, I saw you nodding your head. Yeah, I'm thinking of a particular restaurant that uh, that I know. Uh, their business has grown. Actually, it's doubled uh, as a result of really closing their space, if you will. It, although they still rent the location, but they don't have the employees they used to have because all they needed was the cooks. Really, were the ones that were needed right. because they did this, uh, you know, serve and what was it that drive by, and that has. I don't think they're going to go back to serving people in at the restaurant. I think they're going to stay with this because they have to be in a location where there's a lot of younger people. And, you know, young people have also changed their manner of eating. They would rather really eat at their house and maybe continue to work versus going out out and spending the time to drive to a particular place or whatever. So, you know, during uh, emergencies, I guess, uh, people settle for different things. And that's one thing avenue that has changed quite a bit i noticed yeah tim did you want to make any comment to that uh, well as some businesses have done extremely well during COVID, and some have uh, not done well it's good when you can uh, adjust things but uh brick and mortar would be the the problem area because of the overhead but their new franchise is opening up now that they have they have a new business model that takes COVID into concern uh, so you need to think about those, those new, new businesses, and that's where I can help. Uh, I would say in the franchise area, there are several different types of franchises, but the, when you think about a client, they, my question is, well, do you want to own and operate a franchise or do you want to keep your day job and have a franchise business where you just simply manage the manager an example of that would be like owning um, a, a great clips or uh, super cuts or something like that, where you kept your day job and you had owned a salon and you have a manager at that salon. We call that a semi-absentee business. 
And then we also have people that are investors and they may want to open multiple units of an operation. They may actually have a general manager or, or be the general manager themselves. So that's one of the things I need to clear up with them. Do you want to own and operate a business? Do you want to be a semi absentee owner or are you an investor that wants to have a general manager run the operation? All right. I guess Tim Lofton is a franchise consultant nationalfranchiseconsulting.com is his website, nationalfranchiseconsulting.com. And, you know, we, we spoke uh, about uh, the due diligence uh, in terms of, you know, matching you up with the right franchise, uh, the right uh, type of industry. But there's more to due diligence than, than that, isn't there? I mean, I, you know, if you go to the big names, I guess you kind of know what you're getting. You you know that uh, you you sort of can't go wrong with your investment. But how do you how does a, a, a potential franchisee make sure that the franchise that they want to invest in can see them through all this stuff and and be there and be a winning bet? Well, uh, that's a great great question, Chris. Uh, once a client has identified. Well, I want to look at these two or three types of uh, franchises. Then they're going to start the due diligence process. Uh, the first thing is a call uh, is a call with the franchise operator. There's an introductory call, and I work with the clients when they do that. That's an initial stage where there's a sharing of information. The franchisor is going to ask the client for the, and I've shared information with them, and then the client is going to get to know more about that franchise. So that's just the first step. Second step would be for them to obtain the franchise disclosure documents called the FDD franchise disclosure document. That document has a, it's required by federal law and it has a significant amount of information in there. I would tell you that franchisers now need to amend their FDDs because of all the COVID activity and they're going to need to disclose some things. What happened during COVID with the franchises? What kind of failures did you have? How did you change your model? So the FDD is very important. Uh, after that, they need to interview. I have questions for them to ask the franchisor. And then they need to interview several of the franchisees. And I always ask them to get a list of franchisees. And I also have a list of questions for them to ask the franchisees. And one of the one of the basic questions you, you don't think about is, okay, Mr. Franchisee, you have this franchise. Knowing now what you know, would you still open that that business? And it's funny how many of them say, yes, I, I made the right decision. I made an informed decision. So that due diligence process is what we want to go through. So the client gets to a point where they have enough information that they can say, this is what I want to do. This is a this is a franchise for me. I'm ready to go. You know, and, and Lucy, that would – go ahead. Yes, please. I was going to go to you. Well, you could go ahead and proceed with that message because my question is going to be something totally different. No, I, I was going to say that this would apply also even if it were not a franchise that you're buying. These are some of the things that you really need to do if you're going to buy a business rather than start it on, on your own, right? I mean, you know. That would be right. So, so my question is, and I think it's uh, important for the uh, listeners to know, you know, you, you talk about franchise and everybody always talks about how expensive they may be. But uh, and one of the things that people also consider is what, what if I'm going to pay 
this guy for getting me this business. Uh, and I like to know how you get paid. Who pays you? The, the buyer or the actual franchise? In about 30 seconds. The actual company. 30 seconds. My services, are, my services are no cost to the client. I'm like a headhunter for business franchisers. And I want to do the right thing. So I'm not going to push somebody into a business they shouldn't be in. But if, if someone buys a franchise, opens a franchise, I'm compensated by the franchiser. I would like to Which just I say think one, other thing, one other thing. There are home-based franchises and there are brick-and-mortar franchises. So some businesses, you don't have to have brick-and-mortar. And those are the ones that are can really uh, be adjusted and the model changed so that they can be successful, even when things like COVID come along. Okay, perfect, perfect yeah, timing. I also, think that's a very important, uh, very important thing for people to know because a lot of people I know that some people, when sometimes when they come to school, they think, well, you know, all the expenses involved with okay. buying the franchise and all that, and then I have to pay the fee for whoever and. You know, because you think of it as when you buy a house, you have to pay a realtor's fee, right? That's it. That's not okay. the case for the franchise. Okay. So I think that's a very important uh, point. It is indeed. That- it is indeed. But we're going to have to leave it right there for now because we have to come right back with more of What's the Score. Welcome back to What's the Score. Thanks again for tuning in and telling your friends and family. We really appreciate that. All right, and before we get back to the conversation, I, of course, I am Christopher Hart and Lucy Polito. Our guest today, Tim Lofton, who is a franchise consultant. Just want to remind you that a great way to get your message to a mass audience, matter of fact, the best way, is through good old-fashioned radio. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. More people listen to radio than watch TV or go on their computers on a daily basis. So take advantage of that if you want to get your message out by contacting the great folks here at Salem Media Group Orlando. And, of course, you can call them at 407 407 618 That's 407-618-1760. And don't forget, now with Salem Surround, they can also integrate your social media platforms with your radio message or just help you with your social media platforms. They know exactly what to do, folks. They are local folks, and they know the business, and they know how to do just what you need. So you can also go to surroundorlando.com to contact them. That's surroundorlando.com. So you can do that right now today and take advantage of some great ways to get your message to a mass audience. All right, so let's get back to this message uh, about franchising. You were just talking about uh, when we went into the break, I think you were mentioning that there are, there are franchise opportunities for uh, people to run out of their houses as well as brick and mortar and obviously, you know, uh, mobile opportunities. Uh, like I've seen, I think, mobile uh, pet groomers uh, and that sort of thing. So tell us what's hot. Oh, well, there are a lot of different uh, uh, franchises that are hot, especially in the QSR, the quick service restaurants, things like Teriyaki Madness. That's a new hot franchise. <clears throat> but there are, there are home-based businesses that are great, including home repair, working with concrete, uh, something like Grout Medic. So there are a lot of uh, service industries where you can work out of your home own and operate your own business. Uh, and if you do it with a franchise, they have a system and a model 
Uh, some people can have the skill set and they can open a service business without help. But if you need help, <clears throat> a, uh, a home-based franchiser could be great for you, something you should consider. And uh, uh, home-based businesses are traditionally less expensive than opening a brick-and-mortar operation because you don't have to build out any space and invest in the property. And because uh, you're, you're talking about people who have skills, these are, are skills that they have developed that they can utilize in a franchise. Is that fair to say, like carpentry, well, some, concrete work, that sort of thing, tile work? Yes, that's true. But, you know, a lot of people may go into a service-based industry. They have a, they are good at working with people. They have management skills. And uh, the franchiser will teach them if you're working with concrete, how to estimate it. And many times a, a home-based business will use subcontractors to actually complete the work. I see. Um, and, you know, there are other other businesses, made services, uh, commercial cleaning that may even be home-based. So I remember one of my clients uh, lives up in the villages, and uh, uh, he wanted to open a business, and uh, I suggested – a molly made. There was no molly made in the uh, in the villages. Can you imagine that? And uh, turned out that's a that's a great idea because there are a lot of people in the in the villages who would like to have their homes cleaned. <laughs> I can imagine so. And uh, let's let's flip it around for a minute though, because we've been talking about this uh, primarily from the franchisee's perspective. But but say somebody comes up, do they? Do you ever get many? Clients that come to you and say, "Look, I've got this great idea, and I want to franchise it. I want to be the franchisor." Uh, how does that work? Uh, well, it does work because a lot of people start off uh, with uh, a few units. Well, they'll start off with with one operation, one unit, and it becomes successful. Then, a venture capitalist or, or franchisor or, uh, or a company that does develop businesses like that they want to see more than one one location so you might have to open two or three different locations and prove prove the concept for example i'll give you an example voodoo brewery i don't know if you've ever heard of that uh they started off with several locations uh up in the indiana ohio ohio uh pennsylvania area now they're franchising so they worked with a franchising company that that develops franchise businesses. So if you have an idea, it's successful, you can prove that it can be replicated in multiple locations. There are people that will will, uh, will want to invest in that and help you spread that either across a state, across a region, or across the U.S. And as Lucy said, across the world sometimes. Okay, well, let's talk a, a little bit about the, the paperwork end of things. Um, <coughs> For instance, uh, if you're a franchisee, how does it work in terms of licensing and what type of business organization to set up? Does the franchisor help with those things as well? Well, Lucy may be the best person to talk about that, but there are, there are individuals that set up both LLCs and Subchapter S as their business organization. There is a franchising document you have to sign. I always ask my clients to talk with a an attorney that can help them with a franchise contract. Most franchise contracts, most companies will not change the terms of the contract. They've developed a contract. So 
but the, the attorney needs to point out here are all the things that are required of you because there are a lot of things that you are required to do, which includes paying royalties or whatever. Lucy, you want to comment on the, uh, the organization, how you might set up a, a, a small business? I think generally uh, we always recommend uh, an LLC primarily. I mean, it's not the, uh, very usual for someone to come in and say, I'd like to open up an next uh, corporation. Really, I mean, if you're going to start out, if you've never had a business before, let's just start in a smaller group. You know, an LLC, you can start with uh, two or three people and grow it up as, as many as 500. So, you know, if you have 500 employees and so on, the company's doing well, and you want to make it into a larger organization, fine. Uh, but uh, we find that most of the people who come to us uh, aren't going to be that size, uh, generally. So uh, an LLC is really our primary recommendation. Okay, we just have... Uh, and we, you know, the other thing is, obviously, we also recommend they go to an attorney make sure they understand what they're getting into and what are the, uh, the conditions and what that means. So uh, that attorney is always a recommendation. Okay. We just have a, a few minutes left here, Tim. Uh, what else would you like to tell us uh, just sort of uh, in summary, if you would? Well, if, if someone has an interest in uh, uh, taking a look or exploring business opportunities, I would be glad to help them. Like I say, there is no fee. I don't charge anything for my services. And actually, a lot of people, I tell them, you know, business ownership is not a good idea for you. Or, or I, I try, almost try to discourage some people from going into business. But a lot of people are successful in business, uh, but they have to start somewhere. And it's finding the right business, finding the right franchise, finding the right location. So I add value by helping someone find, you know, there's over 3,000 franchise concepts. Which one do you look at? That's where I come in is I help them limit the number of ideas that they look at and help them through the process until they can decide, yep, I want to do that. Okay. And uh, once again, you can check out Tim's website at nationalfranchiseconsulting.com, nationalfranchiseconsulting.com. And because he gets paid by the franchisors, talking with him doesn't cost you a cent. Working with him doesn't cost you a cent if you're going to be a franchisee. Did I get that right, Tim? Yeah, that's right, uh, Chris. Uh, no, I, my services are no cost to the clients. I would like to say my our number, our telephone number is 833-NAT-FRAN for National Franchise Consulting. Again, it's 833-NAT-FRAN. All right, that's N-A-T-F-R-A-N, 833-NAT-FRAN for the phone call, 833-NAT-FRAN. And once again, that website is nationalfranchiseconsulting.com, nationalfranchiseconsulting.com. And please don't forget, while you are at it, to go to orlando.score.org. Sign up for the excellent newsletter there. It, it, it comes out regularly. You will not uh, be uh, uninformed about anything that SCORE has going on, and they've always got something going on at SCORE. And right now, uh, as, uh, as it has been for quite a while, everything SCORE has to offer, we, 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 we can't get out of here without giving away the price again, Lucy. It is how much? Yeah. 
and it is absolutely free. <laughs> As Rich used to say, the big F word, no charge at all, ladies and gentlemen. Never has been for the SCORE mentorship program. And for the last couple of years, thanks to some great sponsors, there hasn't been a charge for any of the educational programming there as well. And by the way, it never was for the Coffee with a Leader series for that matter. And all of this, once again, available at orlando.score.org. And don't forget, the archive is building up there. If you can't take advantage of these the day that they happen, you can go there afterwards. Or even if you do take advantage of it that day, you can always go there afterwards and replay it over and over again to get as much information as you can out of these great educational opportunities. And don't forget to check out the national website, which is score.org, where they also have educational videos and they also have great uh, documents and templates that you can use for whatever your business it happens to be. That's score.org. So once again, uh, that's orlando.score.org, score.org, and for Tim Lofton, nationalfranchiseconsulting.com. So, Tim, thanks for being with us again, and let's don't wait so long to have you back. Thank you, Chris, and thank you, Lucy. Good luck with Score you, Okay. And, Lucy, have a good time in Bogota. I will. We'll be talking from uh, Bogota for the next two weeks. All right. Okay. Well, we, we want to hear next week what you did this week. <laughs> so have fun. Okay. All right. I have hope fun. I can tell. All right. All, All right. right. Until, until next care, week. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Until Bye-bye. next week, that's all for What's the Score. See ya. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.